why would God need food? Why would God need crops? Why would God need money if he's the one who gave that to you in the first place, right? I think that's yes. the question that they are saying. That how could we rob you? You're a God. Yes. No, how can we rob you? You're a God. Because they're not understanding, right? That yes, you're not exactly. robbing me of just money or monetary value. But you're robbing me of my... Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Think With Me. This is the seventh episode of this specific segment of the Christian Think Tank podcast. Um na miss ko kayo, parang medyo na busy for the past weeks na lumipas yes. at ngayon pa ulit nakapag uh, uh, record ulit. And uh, I'm so happy uh, to be with brother brother Zoriel once again also for this episode and Topic tonight is very interesting as always. Yeah, <laughs> Another passage from me, the Bible. Yes. Um, yeah, so this episode, Think With Me, is um, specially made by Christian Think Tank to dive through scripture, dive through scholarship on what they think about what the passage mean, you know, and what the authors try to communicate. Uh, especially to our, to their time, to their specific audience, and what it means to us today. So, I'm excited to dive into our topic once again for this evening. But before that, bro, yeah, how are I'm you? I'm really excited to, uh, bro. Don, uh, this is something that, um, not well talked about, probably in my personal experience here in our churches. Um, probably there are questions uh, now and then here and there, but. Um, it's not very. Uh, it probably, aparang uh, inaano lang namin eh. uh, We turn a blind eye to it. Probably some of them. Hmm. Uh, but you know, finally now, um, where we're going to address some of the issues. Probably, I'm not very sure if hmm. we're gonna really dwell on that. But uh, we're just going to be faithful to what the, the scripture right. says or uh, what the revelation hmm. of God is uh, through through, of course, our yeah. lens critical thinking methods of, of, of exegesis that we're going to, right. to be using this evening. So again, I'm glad to, to, to be here again. It's been a few months, I think, since the last time we, we uh, had our last podcast. It was, it was uh, we talked about, um, I think, lead, uh, women leadership in, in uh, Corinthians, right. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, with Res here in, yes. in it's, it was an in-person <laughs> podcast. Very fun. Uh, yeah, brother. Um, uh, I hope we, we're gonna have the same fun this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tonight might be even uh, more enjoyable <laughs> because of the topic and knowing our background. So, yeah. as we, yeah, as we start, I think there's it's necessary for us to uh, give a disclaimer that. We're here as CDT admins. We do not necessarily represent uh, our yeah. what do you call it, denomination. So we're just here, just yeah, what like uh, brothers Ariel said. From we'll Seminary or uh, Kamakop Bible College. Uh, it's yes, called right. Davao Alliance College. 
I am from yeah. SPBTS, Southern Philippines Baptist Theological Seminary. We both uh, right. hold positions in these respective uh, schools of our nomination. Mm -hmm. But of course, um, this isn't necessarily something that we impose on, on the, yeah. of course, the existing rules. But I hope, you know, um, each and every uh, denomination will uh, ultimately be be uh, faithful in their practices in orthopraxy and orthodoxy and and what actually is or, or ought to be done in our churches yeah 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 so anyway if you disagree then we can actually you know talk maybe you can message us and then we can yeah. talk about what you think about the passage and how you're practicing about the matter and then maybe agree to disagree or maybe come to a point of agreement that's just city you know we're yeah. open this is what we're here for we 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 talk about scripture we talk about philosophy we talk about truth and we just we're just trying our best to you know to come to the truth or if we cannot do that then at least near to the truth you know so that we will be yeah, able to faithfully sure. do what god wants us to do as revealed in scripture right so um bro uh before we get so uh deep into this topic uh i just want to hear how you're doing there bro but during your your anniversary yeah 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 this last time we we were uh celebrating our anniversary we had like a, a small um you know competition or festival athletic festival for inter-school for Bible and uh, seminaries, Bible school and seminaries here in Davao. So it was very fun. You know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, smiles exchanged, you know, uh, right. conversation. It was very exciting. We were really made to, to be one church on body to, to, to fellowship with each other. And, and bro, I, I'm doing well here in my seminary. Um, a lot yeah. of things, we have a lot of things in, uh, good things, uh, good things. For the future, some some uh, uh, good things. I hope, <laughs> of course, with, yeah, with God's yeah. blessings. Um, how about you, bro? Um, how's 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 the the um? I, I'm not sure, but yeah, of course, it's the dad life, the start of your dad <laughs> life journey. I'm not sure if everybody knows here, but uh, Don's actually uh, a new dad. Of course, not yet a full dad because the the, the kid is still in the tummies. <laughs> In the tummy, tummy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> in the tummy. Isa lang uh, Isa lang uh, <laughs> We're expecting. <laughs> we're expecting yeah, it to um, be a uh, a very fun journey for you, bro. How season? So how's yeah. uh, how's it so far? Um, really, as I've shared to you guys, I think, yeah, two months ago, three months, three months. You know, when you hear that news that your wife is pregnant. And you realize you're going to transition into this uh, season in your life. You're going to be a dad. A life is being entrusted to you by God, of course, together with your wife. I hardly sleep, but then later, after one or two weeks, you know, listening to people, you know, mentors, ninong ninang, that has comforted me. And now I'm just very excited <laughs> for the time to come when uh, I want a boy. So I would say, when my little boy, when our little boy will be born. <laughs> I just feel so blessed, you know, to be really, you know, talking with my wife before 
having this child, we were just, you know, if the Lord gives us praise the Lord. If not, we just have to really ask Him, you know, to trust us. And, and so the Lord just gives, just, just gives, you know, and we praise the Lord for this. It's really a challenge, you know, thinking about um, that life, being a parent, being a father, a leader, not just to your wife, but to your son. Oh, my G. My halong ka ba? But excitement. Malaking tulong yung mga mentors, mga ninong-ninang mga tao sa paligid who were there, you know, before. And itong season din. Ngayon, malalaki na yung mga anak nila. So it's very comforting to have them and very encouraging to just let the season come. You know, and just allow the Lord to yeah, enable you to, to, to. And it's gonna be the first CTT baby, first, uh, bro. Oh like, yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> but uh, right. I, I'm, 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 thinking I might not, I might, I might not, you know, introduce my kid to you guys because you might teach him. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like you know, all over the place. It's gonna be like a, a, a foamest, a platonist, and all that. <laughs> but that would be very exciting. But yeah, um, with, with the ministry in the schools, um, I just I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, um, I enjoy being the students, teaching them. Uh, just had just had our debate, bro. Uh, it was fun seeing our students step up. You know, it was their first time. And I'm just excited for December, bro. Um, never forget, we're going to do uh, an ethical symposium, right? Yeah. Ethics symposium. Yeah, for and sure. And you're for coming sure. here. And if you can bring some of your students, let's go. Um, That's right, for sure. We're fine. We're doing well. There are a lot of things to um, as a school to to achieve, but we know with the Lord's help, we will get there uh, soon. Of course. So everything's well. Praise the Lord. The Lord has been so good. Uh, just excited for the future of what the Lord's going to do. Just like you, bro. Uh, I know, if, of course, we talk like almost every week. And when I was there uh, in your school during the during your founda- founding anniversary, it was very fun. Thank you so much for inviting us. Kami po pala yung nagwaging champion. A lot of good things hap- uh, hap- is happening in your school. I see that. Uh, congratulations. The Lord is doing a lot of good things also in your school. So together, you know, uh, in our small community here in Davor, I think we have a, actually a big community. We can ally together and accomplish what the Lord wants us to to accomplish for His kingdom. So, yeah, sure, um, sure. talking about you know allowing the Lord to use us to accomplish things in His kingdom, <laughs> I just want to uh, give a recap of the previous topic of the previous episode that we did with I did with with Dan Mo. Yeah, I actually I probably missed that. Yeah. I see, I've seen some clips. I I I want. To, to catch up, you know. So, right, right, um, right. what did you guys talk about? Yeah, we actually talk about Philippians four thirteen. Of course, I know everyone knows that passage. It talk it says, "I can do all things uh, through Him who strengthens me." And um, in our discussion with Dan, we actually realized we saw, you know, that um, Paul was writing his letter as a response to the, Phil- the church in Philippi. Uh, thanking them for their genuine concern for him, because Paul during this time was imprisoned, and they sent someone. If I if I remember it right, it's Epaphroditus. You know that guy went to Paul while he was imprisoned. Imagine that, bro, going to a person who is imprisoned because of his of what he's preaching of his faith, and here comes a brother in faith come to you, and Paul was saying, "My guy, 
Philippi, Philipp, uh, my brothers in Philippi, thank you. And he was saying, accept this guy when he returns. Uh, he's so good. Thank you so much. He almost died coming here. He got sick, yeah. you know. That was what Paul was saying. And then um, Paul was also telling them, because they were giving Paul a, uh, support, you know, it could be financial, of course, and an encouragement, you know, their message of encouragement to, to Paul. And Paul was saying, um, thank you for your genuine concern. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, you have been doing this. You are actually a church who has been supportive of my ministry. And he was telling them, like, but Paul, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, is, is it an irony or is it a paradox? Because Paul is actually in, in prison, but he was saying, I, uh, it seems like he was saying, I'm not actually in need because he has learned to be contented, whether he's rich or poor, whether yeah. he is, yes, yeah, whether he has money or not, whether he's hungry or full, he has learned to be contented in every situation. And he was saying, you know what? I, I am able to do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> Like so, Amen. with that, you know, that's, giving, that's give, given that context, Paul, Paul was, I mean, Paul was saying this in that context, meaning that statement of Paul saying, "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me," is really about doing ministry. It's about doing things for the Lord. It's about, you know, serving the Lord. It's about that kind of life. So it's not really about just anything random about our lives. You know, doing the things we want, fulfilling <laughs> our own dreams, and saying. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, we're not in, you know, we're not denying the fact that the Lord is a source of strength, wisdom, and all our our talent, you know, all the things that we can do. The Lord gives all, the Lord is the source of all these things. But to claim this passage, you know, uh, like that Paul said, in our personal things that we do in our lives, that would not be it. I would say, I think that's, that's wrong. It's very, it's far from what Paul is actually saying because the context is really about Ministry, Paul is saying, I'm suffering, I'm imprisoned, I'm willing to die for the Lord. <laughs> Imagine saying that, bro. Yeah. Uh, for me to live is Christ in today's gain. I don't know, for those who are listening, if you're not afraid to die, for me, there's part of me that I'm afraid to die, but for Paul, is saying, I'm not afraid to die, you know? To die is actually gain. So, you need some strength from within, bro. <clears throat> and for Paul, you know, basically all these things about his life, his suffering, his imprisonment. He's saying, I am able to do all these things. I am contented because God is a source of my strength. He's he's strengthening me, you know? So that means yeah. Paul was not doing it on his yeah. own might or knowledge or wisdom, but the Lord is sustaining him, right? So that's the context. That's where we are. Amen. Basically, from. through the struggle, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these things, not... not not just like you know i'm playing a basketball game and i, I can do all things a reverse layup dunk because uh god is with me but you know uh it's it's more than that it's uh it's it's uh him saying that you know through the struggles that i am in i can still do right. ministry i can still share the yeah. word of god through my through the to the soldiers to the guards you know yeah. i i believe yeah. that i can imagine him doing that just shouting to the halls yeah. of the prison, you know, um, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, um, right. bro, I'm I, I was I'm really glad to hear what you guys talked about. I think uh, a lot of a lot of our listeners and our probably our watchers should uh, you know really uh, check if if they have used that verse or misinterpreted that verse. 
uh, once in their lives mm-hmm. and now see the the even more the grander or even the more beautiful uh, explanation or even background as to what that really is or what that really means means so now before we dive into the passage that we will be looking into at this episode i want us to go back and review you know just give review of uh the model that we are using in trying to interpret the passage and understand what the author is trying to communicate so i will be reviewing the layers of the onion the model that we are using so um in contrast with how others would go into the uh, their interpretation of the word, like for some or maybe most, I don't know. Uh, they start with the textile context, you know, or the, the language, but that's not how we do here. I just, I just want to emphasize that once again. Instead, we, we start at the historical context, you know, and then mm-hmm. the ultimate context, and then the broad context, the local context, and the textual context. So now, what is historical context? The historical context is... Uh, where we ask the question, what was the historical and, historical and cultural uh, setting of the author and the audience? Kumbaga, we're asking what was happening during that time when this was written? Um, what was the, the, the culture? What are the events? What are the important factors that influence their way of thinking, their way of living? Uh, ano mga pangyayari? You know, what makes them uh, mm-hmm. as people during this time? So, that's where we start, you know, before we look into the specific passage of what it means. And then next, we look at the ultimate context. Um, as we look at a passage, of course, it belongs to a book and it is part of the Bible. And the Bible literally means just a collection of books. So the ultimate context is trying mm-hmm. to look at the passage in, in, the, in, in the context of the whole Bible. So basically... Uh, let me say it this way. We agree with the, with the Bible Project as how they describe the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. So when we yes. try to look at the ultimate context, we're trying to see how the book, the passage, leads to Jesus. Okay? How is it, how yeah. the passage is coherent with the whole story of the Bible that leads to Jesus. So that's the ultimate context. And then we look at the broad context. This is where we ask... Um, this is about this is about the this is about the details of the book. You know, who's the author? Uh, what was the language that was used? Uh, what was the time it was written? If we can say if we can if we can have the date, uh, we discuss about the date, the genre, the themes, and the setting. You know, ano rin yung mga pangyayari talaga sa panahon na yun, You know, when the book was actually written by uh, the author. And then, so that's a broad context, the, the whole book in itself, okay? The next is we look at the local context. The local context is where uh, the passage is, the specific passage or verse, if we're looking at the specific verse, uh, where the verse is located. So we're looking into, <clears throat> say, the chapter, if it needs a chapter, you know, within the book where it belongs, in order to understand, you know, where it's coming from, kumbaga. Kasi you cannot just understand a a sentence on its own you know you have to understand it in the, the local context and that's what we're referring maybe the paragraph where it belongs so that's that's the, the local context so um we expand into probably the paragraph or the chapter before the verse or the paragraph or the chapter after the verse so we look into these details after that 
this is where we go into the textual uh, context. Basically, uh, this is uh, understood as the word study. So this is where we look into the words. Uh, if possible, yes, of course, we try our best to look at the grammar mm -hmm. and how it is used because the words in Hebrew and uh, Greek, for example, the, word, the, the languages that are used in the Bible have different meanings according to how they are used also. And the grammars are so meticulous. It's very critical also on how uh, the word would mean, you know. So this is the last context that we look into. Because the rest of the context that we have tackled already, those are significant in trying to understand the words. Because the word is used within that whole uh, context. So that's the, basically that's the whole onion. That's our model in interpreting uh, passages in the Bible. So first again, I want to say historical context, next ultimate context, next the broad context, the local context, and then we dive into the textual context. So basically, again, this is what we're going to follow. If you have been listening to, to Think With Me podcast, this segment, um, I know you're familiar with this. Maybe you have the picture. We have posted this in Christian Think Tank page. Uh, you can just ask us if you're, if you're having a hard time looking uh, for this. Maybe you want to use it also as a guide in your own, uh, maybe as you yeah. study scripture in your own devotional, or yeah. maybe well for somewhere, but but Bible preachers, you know. So yeah, that, this is so model, uh, uh, it's something that we post in CTT. It's uh, in the group and it's in the page, and we I think it's available. Um, if you chat us, if you want a copy of that. And I use that in my classes, in my New Testament class. I use that just in, in awesome. you know, small groups, in D groups, if we, if we want to, yeah. to check, check what, really, what the, the verse really means. So it's, it, it, it has been really helpful. So that, is, that was displayed. That's the thing that you see on the screen uh, a while ago. It's what we call the onion, <laughs> the, the, the uh, biblical interpretation onion. Because you peel it yes. from outside to the inside. Right. Uh, you start from the outside yeah. to the inside. Uh, so you yes. might have um, probably seen uh, methods from your pastors who starts from the inside, the word the word study, and then the, what the word says, um, actually, and it, he applies what, the, what he thinks the word means to the historical context. And, you know, that shifts what is written in history. So I think we, we this is... We think, no, as a team, that this has been the best so far uh, approach in interpreting mm -hmm. the Bible. So, Brudan, um, yeah. what's what's uh, where, where where are we going to to uh, be heading now? All right, so we will, we will be diving right into the passage uh, for to, for this specific episode, and our passage. Are you ready? <laughs> it's Malachi 3.10. <laughs> yeah. Malachi 3.10. I just want to read it for us. I'm using it. All right. The ESV version. It says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessing until there is no more need. So, <clears throat> this is a passage. And... We're looking into this because I don't know for some for other denominations, but for the some of the evangelicals, 
um, Protestants in part of our worship service is where we give our tithes and offering. And if not all the time, most of the time, this is a passage that uh, being used, you know, that is read before uh, people come to in front to drop their offering or, you know, basket is being passed around where you drop your offering. And so there is, they read, they read this passage, uh, they use this and they, they quote this. And sometimes it comes with a song, uh, the Cebuana song. I don't know if you, I don't know if these guys, you know, Tagalog, you know, would understand this. Yeah, but there's there's this song, bro. Something like that. So basically, in Tagalog or in English, basically it's saying, give because it's a secret of blessing. Give so that you will be given. Uh, you know, so, <clears throat> and then sometimes wow. <laughs> uh, there's also this English song that says, give and it shall come back to you. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, and sometimes <laughs> before they actually go and, you know, drop their tights of offering. So, I mean, it is yeah, read in the, the context cue. as if, yeah, 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 that's a good, and it is read in the context as if we ought to give our tithes and offering so that God will bless us. Like, it's the secret. <laughs> you know, as you give, then God is obligated to, to bless you because you actually gave your tithes and offering. And, bro, I remember someone I asked from the seminary before. I asked him, why are you giving your tithes, sir? And he said, well, it, it makes me feel good. And I see that the blessing flows. And I and I was just sitting there with him, confused, and I said, "Oh, okay." Uh, and then from that on, I from then from then on, I really started reconsidering, you know, uh, the question: Why do we give our tithes an offering, and why do we use these passages? So that's why for me it's very interesting because if that's how, you know, the people in the church thinks about this passage, then maybe we need to understand it prop this properly so we will. Be able to practice, you know, what the author is actually trying to communicate through this, especially with their context and our context right now. And I know we'll be talking about all of those things yeah, <laughs> as we yeah, progress yeah. in this podcast, but this episode. But what do you think? Why do you think this is important? I know you have a lot of things yeah. to say. Yeah. So it's just, you know, aside from that, you know, from people uh, actually misinterpreting. Uh, misinterpreting the the verse, it 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 goes from that person and then to a larger scale, right? Since these um, most of these people, some of these people are church leaders, and then we actually see this right. verse usually just what like you said a while ago, um, used in you know this challenges in in like church services. You know this thing that happens before the tithes and offering when um, they challenge the, the the congregation that you know what happened to me this week last week or last month i had some you know problems and the lord provided for me because i have given because he he said you know in malachi or in these mm. verses that you know obey me and i will give you i will double your money i will give you this and that and you know and stuff like for example um it's, it's, it's just stuff like that in general you know uh, I think it hurts genuine Christians, most especially those who are just starting in the ministry. Right. And not just them, 
um, those who are even those uh, people who Christ came for, the marginalized, the poor, yeah. those who don't have anything, you know, um, yes. who are being taken advantage of. So um, that's, I think, one of the reasons or probably main motivations for me in this podcast uh, mm-hmm. um, to, to tackle at least that so that uh, these people, if ever they are listening to this, uh, they, they realize what it really means to give and what, it, mm. what does the verse say? Is that really saying that you have to give uh, a huge blessing. amount, a, a huge part of your, 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 your salary or your income or anong uma? Um, dumarating sa inyo uh, abot-abot ninyo sa inyong mga um, tawag nito inyong farms. mga crops or whatever that yeah. uh, inyong produce sa inyong farms or whatever you do um, does that mean if you're not giving to the church does that mean you're robbing God that's like what's said in Malakai no? are you really robbing God of, of, of what he owns in the first place so yeah I hope we, we can tackle all of this and you guys enjoy uh, what we get to yeah, say just, about bro talking about this i'm i'm just thinking i don't know with with prosperity gospel preaching churches i don't know if i, I don't know if you have knowledge about the, you know the church those churches mm-hmm. i'm thinking are they using this passage also in, in of course prosperity? Yeah. yeah yeah i I, it, I i have heard it a lot it of okay? time i i have mm-hmm. gone to like probably I was even like a, a, a sort of a member of a prosperity gospel church. I'm not gonna name it, but for for quite okay. uh, quite a few months mm-hmm. in my college years, so I am oh, well acquainted with these people, and I have heard a lot of stuff like this. And it's just not for prosperity gospel. Of course, they use that, but of course, even for for our traditional and even evangelical conservatives, right? You you hear this every time. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. You see, this this topic is very important, you know. Thinking about, I mean, just talking about giving the marginalized, those that are in need, and thinking about the people who are actually able to give, those who have enough and so much. Anyway, I know we'll be diving into uh, yeah. this uh, this topic of giving, and we'll be going to that direction. But I hope this episode will really enlighten us in terms of tithes and offering and giving, you know? So, bro, why don't we just go into every, you know, uh, let's just peel this onion one by one from the first layer and then find out what this really uh, means, okay? <laughs> should we, should right, we? So, yeah, let's start. So, right. um, should I start reading the uh, verse first? The mal, yeah, the yeah, Malachi. You can read it once. Yeah, yeah, you can read it again, and then we dive into. Uh, the should I start with with the? I, I should start with the first. I don't know the first verse. Sure, um, sure. Let me pull up my Bible. Uh, I'm sorry, conservative friends. I'm. We don't use the the traditional Bible anymore, uh, but I but I use that sometimes when I don't have internet or. Um, a cell phone or anything like that but primarily we use our softwares that we can at least have some commentaries maps on the side so for the younger generation to follow and that's the problem 
if it's not working, it's not gonna work. <laughs> All right, so here's Malachi chapter 3, verse chapter 3, verse 1. All right, because the, the, the proof text, the pericope is in chapter uh, in verse 10. All right, so I'm, I'm going to start with verse 6. Na lang. So I'm, sure, start, sure. I'm going to start with verse 6. So verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offering, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open uh, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will, be not, there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, wow. Yeah. No? <laughs> see? Does, does see? that give you a clue? <laughs> yeah. See, see if you're, if you're, if you're, um, of course, if I was not a, um, um, a, a rookie scholar or you know some someone who just goes into to studying the bible in in a deeper quite you know, a relatively deeper level um i would really think that you know i would like for example i receive my salary the first thing i would do if i'm like a really genuine christian that i'm really sold out as christian if say my salary how much does a filipino average you make ten thousand say yeah. And then ten thousand, then your tithe is should be one thousand, right? So I, the first thing I would do if I receive that ten thousand money, I would put my ten one thousand some way away, and I will not touch it because that is God's property, and you know, just even borrowing that money or hiram hiram that money would be would be a totally totally sinful act you know reading that verse because you're robbing god you know imagine you're robbing god and you'll be under curse so, and you will be cursed <laughs> no i will not do anything of that and if it's time for 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 tithes and offering i would give that one thousand so gladly and i probably <laughs> give even more gladly so, or out of fear <laughs> oh yeah in kind of gladly i'm you know gladly in a way yeah. I'm so glad that this is out of my mind now that I already have given my one thousand. So yeah. yeah, how would you feel done if you if you really just take that 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 yeah. that verse, you know? If I as it read is. it plain as it is, yeah, I would just understand it like I really have to, to give this, you know. If I take it I take it as if it is directly written to me, <laughs> then I would say <laughs> Oh no! I I have to give to the Lord what is His, you know, and because yeah. if not, 
I'm robbing God. I'm using yeah. what this is, and I will be cursed. I don't want to yeah. live my life. So you know what? The motivation for me is really fear. You yeah. know, of being cursed. So yeah. I will give. So that's sad. <laughs> that would be sad. Yeah. This but but you, you you mentioned something there, right? If, if this was really, if this was really written to us, now what do you mean by that? Yeah, there's yeah, this so, famous very famous saying among among those who are, who have studied in the seminary, who have done uh, study in exegesis hermeneutics, that the Bible is written for us but not to us. What do you mean by that, Don? Yeah. So, okay. So we're diving into. Understanding to understand this passage because you know remembering what was written at the back of that NIV cultural background Bible, it says context changes everything. It's what we need to yeah. learn to know in order to just understand what the passage means. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's good thing that you pointed out, bro, because whenever we read the Bible, we have to understand that it, this is written for us, but re- not written to us. For example, looking at you know the book of Malachi, this was written by you know Malachi the prophet for to okay for to the Israelites specifically specifically for them during their specific time and during their specific situation. This was for them. This was written to them, but at the same time, this is written for us so that we can learn from them of the mm-hmm. principles that. God is trying to communicate to his people, especially putting it into context. God, through the prophets, talking about the law, uh, you know, the law of, of typing, uh, specifically given to the Israelites. So for us, we're looking into this and we're trying to understand what are the principles, you know, that can be uh, applied to us. So later on, we will be able to, to answer this, you know, those questions. But for now, in order to just have a good flow of trying to understand what the passage yeah. can communicate, then let's try to look into the historical context, what is happening during this time, what were their situation, yeah. the author and the recipient or the audience. So let's hit it, bro. What's the historical yeah. context during this time? What do you think, bro? What did you find historical out? Historical context. I, I think historically, this, this time, I think it was the... Uh, second temple Judaism, right? This was when mm. the 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 temple was rebuilt during right. uh, Nehemiah's time, right? So I think that's one important thing to, um, of course, if we we were starting with history, but uh, given the history, we know that which time this happened, um, we will know which which are the uh, which prophets are the contemporary of the writer of the book. Like for example. Yeah. Um, uh, Malachi, who's the contemporaries. So, uh, given the time frame, it it could have it should have been um, Ezra and uh, Nehemiah. So, um, yeah. in- interpreting the the the, the book uh, of of Malachi, it's also a good thing that you have also read the other uh, prophets. So, um, that's uh, the historical context. Um, uh, in 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 uh, in um, in which time frame this happened already but um uh what else can can you add on um yeah i I... sure yes you were you were right bro 
we need to understand that when the <coughs> when the book of Malachi was uh, written, it was it was when the Israelites have returned from Babylon because they were exiled as a way of God's judgment for their unfaithfulness to the law. And we see that their return is actually a fulfillment of God's promise to them. We see that in Jeremiah, that after, I think, 70 years, if I remember, if I remember it right, mm -hmm. you, and you know, God, God told them, you will return to the land that I have given you. And so they have now returned. And with the leadership of Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, yeah. They were able to rebuild the temple. Uh, Ezra was leading them into spiritual revival, you know, reading the laws in their community. And then Nehemiah came with his aid, uh, with a favor from King Artaxerxes. Uh, they were able to rebuild the wall. And after that, uh, Nehemiah went back to, they, 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 of course, they faced a lot of, uh, I mean, they faced, if you read Nehemiah, they face a lot of oppositions around, like from, I forgot the name, but Sanbalat, Tobiah, I guess. Uh, yeah, to the point that they were building the walls with swords because these people really do not like them to rebuild it. They were like bullying these Israelites. So, But they were successful. Yeah, they were successful. They had the resources. God helped them. They were able to rebuild that. But, you know, um, Nehemiah, because he was actually a cupbearer to the king, he went back to to Babylon and Babylon during the time was under Persian Empire. Yes. So while Nehemiah was there, while he was there, you know, um, some scholars would say uh, that this was like 100 years, approximately 100, 100 years after their return. So everything is rebuilt. They're trying to, re mm -hmm. to grow up, uh, establish uh, their, their, their nation once again. Problem was, although they were already back, what's, what was happening was they were not able to return to their identity. They yeah. were not doing, they were not fulfilling the law. They were not obeying the law. They were not yeah. being faithful to God. They were not, you know, fulfilling their covenant, what they have agreed before God as God's people. So they, because the plan was supposed to be to gather them once again, rebuild. Uh, their temple, their, their walls, of course, revival. They become God's people once again. They will be distinct, you know, uh, from other nations so that other nations will know God through them with how they live their lives. But, yeah. but so, they're, so because they were not living the right way, and you see that in Nehemiah, that when he returned, he saw that he, he realized the priest had Tobiah live in the temple chambers. Imagine yeah. that the guy yeah. who pushed them in rebuilding the wall was there living. And I guess, you know, the children of Sanbalat, I guess, and Tobiah, they were, they were, these guys, these guys were, were Ammonites, I guess. Yeah, I remember Ammonites. Mm. They were not mm. Israelites. The Israelites gave their children to marry the children of yeah. foreigners. And so when, Nehemiah was back, was like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? <laughs> he was so disappointed because, bro, before Nehemiah left, there was kind of revival that they thought happened because they, mm. they confessed their sins. They, they repented yes. to the Lord and they recommit to follow the covenant, the law. But when 
Nehemiah was about. It was not happening. And so he, when he checked the, the, the temple, the priest has allowed these guys to live there. There is intermarriage. And he realized, where are the Levites? Where are the priests? They were not there because they are in the field. Why? Because the people, the Israelites, were, were not giving the full tithes oh. and their offerings. So basically, the Levites did not have anything. We know that, right? In context, uh, the Levites are not giving a land, were not given a land to work, to toil to, because they have a specific assignment in the temple. And so in order for them to be sustained, uh, the tribes were, is going to give their tithes and offering. So, so because the people were not giving that, the Levites did not have anything, the priests. So they have to work. So that was what uh, Nehemiah uh, uh, realized when he, when, he, when he went back from Babylon. He was like, what? And so Nehemiah had to ha assign people to collect the tithes around so that it would be brought to the temple. And then after that, when he went around, he realized, wait, what are you doing during Sabbath? He realized people were working, people were selling. Yeah. And, and when he asked the people to close the gate, in his surprise, people were there on the walls, I mean, outside, I mean, the walls, and they were selling, bro. And it was like, what? You don't even obey Sabbath? You're working, you're selling? Oh, and wow. Yes, he was so angry. What have you been doing? So this was the time, according to the scholars, that like in between, before before Nehemiah arrived, you know, when before Nehemiah went wow. back, uh, it was the time that Malachi was ministering, you know, mm. was the prophet of God, messenger of God, to the Israelites, rebuking them, calling them out, that, hey, you have returned. You're supposed to be revived. You're supposed to be obeying the law, but you are yeah. not. Yes. Wow. And that's what was happening during this time. There were even the divorces, bro. And uh, yeah, yeah. Nehemiah wanted these people to divorce, you know, the, 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 the Israelites who intermarried. Mm -hmm. who intermarried. And yeah. according to, like, uh, Timaki, and I I, we can actually read that in Nehemiah, there were no instructions from God. To uh, no, to to for these people to, to actually divorce. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to actually divorce. So it's like they might just frustrated, very frustrated. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, out of his frustration, he was asking these people to hey, you know, divorce. And it has become something that the Israelites were actually doing. And because they were they had they were there were intermarriages, so the husbands in the families are influenced from the guys of the of their foreigners. And so there were mixtures in their practices in terms of their religiosity. Kaya oh. during this time when you know the Israelites will offer, go to the temple and offer. You see that in Malachi, people are offering the sick animals. They're not giving the full time. They're not being true. That's and in Malachi. Malachi, what two, two? I think in Malachi two. Yeah. Yeah, one. Yeah. So and and the priest is not exempted. Why? Because they allowed this to happen. They tolerated the yeah. Israelites in doing this, and so. You see here, God through Malachi rebuking the priest. Hey, you're also guilty of this. You have allowed these people to do this to you and to do this yeah. to me. This, this honoring. You have to return to me. That's the message. You have yeah. to return to me. And the Israelites are asking, how, how should we return to you? Okay, one of the ways you can return is give the full tithe and oh. your offering or in some versions, tithe and contribution. So that is the context. They they are not, they were, they were not doing what they're supposed to do. But, you know, Contextually, looking at what was going back to to Exodus or Deuteronomy, Moses knew this. He's like, after the law was all given, and then the the, the restatement of the law, 
uh, Moses said, I know you're not going to do this. That's why there will be time that God will actually change your heart and yeah. uh, spirit in you and the, the law so that you will actually obey them. Yeah. And that's what's that's, mentioned in Jeremiah. So that, that's, that's sort of the ultimate or the broad context right now. So, so uh, yes, of course, we started with the historical, oh, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. And yes, now we, given, given this, the, yeah, given this, that we have the, we come back from the Exodus, or even we could go back, even from the time of Adam. You, this has been a repetitive scenario or narrative. Yeah. That people get rescued, right? They get <laughs> rescued, and then they are given, you know, they they are given prosperity. They are prospered by God, and then now that they are, uh, you know, prospering, they are having this sort of revival. They become very. Lenient, they, they, you know, they, they start, you know, um, and now I'm in a comfortable place. Let me start exploring other stuff. Let me start, you know, marrying a non-Israelite. Let me start yeah, yeah. worshiping other God, you know? And then after this, they, they get punished by God. Then after yes. get, they get punished, they now start crying. They now start, you know, uh, asking Blaming. forgiveness to God. And then, you know, God will send another you know, a David or a Moses who will rescue them. And then after rescuing them, oh, no, they're happy. They're out of the, the, they're going to the promised land. They're out of Egypt, which was Babylon, some sort. And now mm -hmm. they, they, they start again rebelling. They worship the, the golden calf. And it's, it's, it's a repetitive. It's a pattern, bro. It's a pattern. In the Old Testament, that choosy, you know, in Noah, that they are, they they, they were rescued, and the, so it's it's a repeating pattern that, um, but 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 also the, you can see that there's sort of a, a rescuers thing, that that um, that you know, just like what you said in Exodus, that that Mo, uh, Moses said, once and for all, you know, there there comes this day that you will actually be renewed. Yeah. So that's right. that's you know, I think the broad context of of, of it of, of the Old Testament. Yes. So basically, that's the expectation, right? Because they are back, and it was promised by God that they will return, and they're supposed to be renewed. But it's not happening. And bro, <laughs> during this time, because they were under Persian Empire, they were collected mm -hmm. tax, and it was very difficult. It was a difficult way of, uh, it was a difficult life because imagine you're still rebuilding your nation, and Persian Empire is collecting collecting taxes because they were still under Persian Persian mm. Empire. Yeah. And bro, honestly, during this time it was a difficult life because they were not giving their full tithes. And so mm -hmm. yeah, they, sure. they, 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 it was like their life was really hard that they do not have enough. Oh, what is left for the for the church? You know, if if you are already yes. uh, you know being tithed by the empire. And then out yes. of the ang ang naiwan don sa pera yun na lang naiwan para sa church, and that's probably even a, uh, the the case would have been better if they are given their full types, you know. And now they're not giving their full types, yes. you know? And you gotta yes. understand this time, there's unlike these days, no na we go we enter the mall and then we buy stuff from the mall, automatically we are giving tax to the to the government, right? right? right. So you mm -hmm. you see your you see your receipt. There's like VAT. There's Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You go to Jollibee and almost anywhere there's tax. But back in the times, there's no such thing, you know. And and what what um, yeah, what supports the temple supports the 
of course the Israel. So yes, you yes, know, yes. what your tights is not just something that like today tights or, or something that you know you give because you have before it's just it's almost ne a necessity for the society or for the it's community right so yes yes uh, not a requirement for for you know of course it's a requirement by the law I mean, it's quite by god yeah but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it becomes a necessity so that you will strive all the more yes yes right you will strive right. for example you you us in in dava what if we give just we don't we we we, we instead of making a certain per se uh 10 tax we, we say let's just give one percent tax what do you think will happen to the roads to the police forces you know, with the stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I think this has been a very, very hard position. And imagine if Dava was already all giving tax to China or other places or Manila or something like that. It's going to be a very poor place. So that's yes. that's the thing. Uh, I think what I, I, I imagine when you were telling that, that uh, historical Basically, context. That's situation. Exactly, bro. You have described it into, you know, the, you have described it, illustrated it you know for our to for our listeners to actually understand it during our time imagine that's the situation <laughs> so imagine if people were giving their tithes to the church to the, i mean to, to the temple so of course the levites will really have to work hard <laughs> to go to the land and, and toil you know so that's that's the situation that's the historical context and so a prophet has to come and to rebuke them hey you know wake up return to god repent repent later we will we'll be talking more about that repent you know Return to him, obey the law. So that's that's the context. Now the next question is, what's the ultimate context? How does the book of Malachi points to Jesus, given that context, historical context? So looking at uh, Malachi, um, you look at chapter three, verses one to five, and chapter four, uh, chapter four, verses uh, one to three. We see here because the because because the prophet was calling them out. You know, God was calling them out to the prophet. Okay, and they were complaining, like, where is the God of justice? There are a lot of injustices here. What's happening? Come on. <laughs> uh, you're, you're telling us to return to God. Where is he? He has abandoned us. They were like, Gaya ng bro. They were like in a hopeless situation. Wala namang nangyayari. And so, yeah. this, this was their response. This was their response of God. He said, in Malachi 3, 1 to 5, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But you can, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap. He will sit at the refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in the righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord. As in the eyes, as sorry, as in the days of the Lord of the old, as in the former years. Then he said, then so that's it. So basically, if you look at Malachi three, because three one to five, people are people. The Israelites are asking, where is the God of justice? And he's saying, oh. one day, <laughs> the Lord will come here Himself and appear in the temple. In the New Testament, who appeared to the temple, bro? Who prepared? There was the the the, the John the Baptist prepared his way. Of course, Jesus came, right and if you go to Malachi 4, 1 to 3, this is like the day of the Lord. This is like the second coming of Christ. Because what Malachi said here is that surely, the, uh, this, is, this is chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every, and every evildoer will be stubble and the day is coming. 
that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left them, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its race, and you will go out and flourish like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. This is the second coming. This is the justice that they are looking for. God is telling them, I, you know, the Lord will, will, will come himself, will appear to the temple, and then, but he will come again and he will judge everyone. And no one will be able to hide from it or escape from it. Everyone will, will experience. The wicked, they will be judged. But for the righteous, they will be healed. They will be healed in verse 3. Uh, in, in verse 2, they will be healed. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its race. In the Near Eastern uh, context, bro. Near Eastern mm -hmm. uh, uh, context. This is understood as uh, uh, like uh, uh, an eagle with, uh, or mm -hmm. a bird with, a, with its wings uh, that... Uh, gives us the 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 the, the race of a sun and that symbolizes healing protection so basically you know if you try to understand it this is like jesus christ coming and judging the punishing the wicked and healing restoring uh you know the the righteous the righteous ones so basically the book of malachi points us to jesus the lord who confronts his people when jesus came he preached the gospel repent the kingdom of God has come. This is Jesus rebuking, you know, the, the Israelites and offering this gift of salvation. So then, then one day he will come and, ju and judge uh, the living and the dead, and the wicked, you know, the wicked will be punished, and those the righteous, the the, the, yeah. the believers, will be healed. You remember what Revelation say? He will wipe away our tears. Oh yeah, right? there'll be no pain. No more pain. Yes. So this is it. So basically, Malachi points to Jesus. He is the Lord, you know, that will come to judge because they were looking for God. Like, where is the God of justice? He will come and he will really judge. Yeah. <laughs> no one it's, it's 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 this. You know, reading it is very weird. You know, I'm 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 I haven't re uh, really fully delved into what really was the uh, scholars is saying that the Persian thought is. Is mixed mixed into or the person, uh, yeah, person thought or person um, practices are mixed into what what they are practicing too. That they have become very skeptical. The skepticism there is there. You know, the, their question is like, um, you know, where is this God? You know, uh, if this God is real, don't know why, why? You know, and this is just yeah. um, what you know. I, I just want. I, I I was reflecting myself given that. Are they are they just doubting or are they, you know, for for me because yeah for us doubting is never bad right, um, it's yeah. not 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 never uh, it is not necessarily bad yeah right if you're really yeah, asking just... asking for for or seeking it's the truth questions. yeah you're yeah. you're questioning you're seeking for the truth but this these are the people who have been who have been rescued from the you right who just rebuilt the temple. Who have physically, um, who have physically uh, experienced God's goodness and provision, right? And then now they start to question God. I think that's a way different uh, doubt for me. You know, the yeah. motivation there is different. 
than rather seeking truth. Here, the motivation here is that why would I do that if I'm enjoying what I'm doing now? Right? So yeah. it's yeah. like parang taong naghahanap ng lusot ba? No? Uh, I, yeah. I gotta come up with some reason. I gotta come up with some doubt so that I can justify my practices now. That I can justify my wrongdoings or my breaking of the law now. Yes. Bro, if you... I mean, I know you have read the book of Malachi. Bro, you are right. This is not... This is not you know, the sincere kind of doubt, but this is really rebellion. Why? In the opening chapter of uh, of Malachi, they, you know, when God said, I have loved you, and then the Israelites will, will say, how have you loved us? Yeah. You have despised yeah. us. How have we despised you? Yeah. God. You know, they were really rebellious. Later on, I will read you a passage. I will We will read a passage part of, I, I think that's, I think it's a later part of part of chapter 3. When they said, what's the use of mourning? You know, repenting. Because mourning is actually a sign of repenting. Before God, if the evil people are actually prosper. You know, they were yeah. asking God that they were really disrespectful. So, and, and then, so that's why one of their questions is like, where is the God of justice? And this is the response of God. He will come and will confront them. You know, yeah. the world as a whole, all evil, you know, will be judged. Yeah. They will be punished. So, and for but for those that are righteous, but for those who will obey, they will be healed. They will be taken into His presence. Yeah, it, I think it's it's in John that my word will be life to those who will believe, and my word will be judgment to those who will not believe. So I think that's, that's almost the same. Yes, yes. So basically, Malachi points to Jesus, right? Um, with what they're doing. Jesus will, will uh, has confronted them already. Jesus is coming back, and he will judge because they're looking for the God of justice. He will come. <laughs> he, yeah. will come. he will come again. So, but uh, then you know, looking at the Christ who came, his crucifixion. That's that was like the justice of God, right? Mm-hmm. He he. That's a new covenant. We will talk about it later. But I'm just giving this just for us to understand how Malachi you know points us us to Jesus. So. All the failures, you know, all our imperfections, all, all our sins, you know, God carried it all to the cross. He received all the punishment in behalf of us. And now he's offering us this free gift of salvation, this, impute, you know, imputed righteousness so that we will become, we will be renewed and our hearts will be changed. And so the law will be written in our hearts so that we will be able to truly live uh, uh, and, you know, distinct people whom the world will know God through through us. So that's right. it, you know. That's that's it. That's the that's the ultimate context. So now let's go to the broad context. All right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just really getting excited with how with how things are are coming out, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is you guys. You don't understand what what has happened in or what has transpired when we were recording this. This has been. A very interesting time, <laughs> but you know, okay. Let's go. On. Let's let's move on. Then we're on the broad context. In the broad context, uh, let me remind you guys. Uh, see in the screen, broad context is is uh, we're go- we're trying to ask what is the context of the book, the passage right. is written in. Why? What is it? Was it written? What language? What genre? What themes? Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So um, yeah. I think we touched on some some of the stuff that were there. Right. Of course, in in uh, doing this, you know, in in actually 
having a talk about this, you, you cannot just stick into one context. Of course, historical context, <laughs> you will sometimes touch on the ultimate context and yeah. context because of your exci- uh, excitement and stuff like that. But the broad context, yes. bro, what, uh, um, yeah, so oh. just like what you said, we have uh, actually touched it, you know, the setting, what was happening during the time when the book was written. Uh, again, they were rebe- the Israel we remain rebellious. Their hearts are still very hard. They're not obedient to the law. They were not being, faith- being faithful to God. And so this was written, you know, to confront them of their unfaithfulness, of their sinfulness, and calling them to turn back to God, to repent. And in terms of the writer, in terms of the writer, um, let's, some, some scholars would say the author is Malakai, but there are also some who say uh, Malakai is not actually a person because it's not actually yeah. a name. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's just, you know, um, more of a title. Yeah, title, like the messenger of God, right? That's what Malakai yes. means. Yes, Ma- Malakai means, yeah, the message, my messenger. So, but let's just say, you know, the writer is Malakai, whether yeah. it's a title or a name. There's a prophet. <laughs> yeah, it's let's, prophet. Put, let's just put it that way. Yeah. And the, the date of writing could be, uh, if you think about in between you know, when uh, Nehemiah's uh, achievement of rebuilding the wall and coming back from Babylon. So that would probably in between 432 or 431 BC, around, yeah. around those years. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's roughly 400 years before Christ, before Christ right, came, right. So you, you, you yes. get to imagine what was, how the close it is years. or far this was <laughs> from from God, from Jesus Christ, their Messiah that we are actually questioning, where is he? 400 years from yeah. now. <laughs> you're, you're, years you're, from now, the Lord will come to the temple. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, so the, the, these are, um, Malachi, if you don't know, of course, if Malachi is the end of the Old Testament, Old Testament. so um, it's it's this book, and then it's gonna be silent for four hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> we we call that in 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 um, biblical studies, we call that the intertestamental period. That's when it starts. After right. that, so um, that's uh, the 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 of course, it, this was written in, in the the, uh, I believe in Hebrew language, so since um, they ha- they 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 haven't been um, conquered yet by the Romans. It's only in the yeah. through the intertestamental period when they start reading the writing the Old Testament or the the uh, yeah. Septuagint in the the Greek. So um, yeah. Um, well done. Yeah, so uh, so that's it, no? Um, Malachi is the author, is written in between uh, Nehemiah's uh, return to Babylon and, re- and then eventually went back to, uh, to Jerusalem. And the audience here, of course, is just the Israelites written in uh, Hebrew language. The purpose was, again, to, to call them out, you know, to repent, to return to God. It's a prophetic book, and uh, because it's written by it was written by the prophet, by a prophet, and it's a conf- confrontational style, you know, like hey, this, you're doing this, um, you need to repent, you need to return to God. 
and charge them with their various sins and their, their, their response and God's response. So parang ganun. And then Malachi would uh, point out evidences or evidence for, yeah. many evidence for their unfaithfulness to God. And the theme is call for repentance. Call for repentance. Like, turn to God. It's, it's holiness. The emphasis of honoring God for who He is and what He is. So that's it. That's that's the broad context. So now, interestingly, in order for for us to understand Malachi three ten, we need to look at the local context. What's the local context? Um, Zuriel read it a while ago before we started digging into the from the historical context. Um, if you are listening or watching, uh, open your Bibles through to Malachi three, uh, and uh, we will read through. Actually, you need to hold, read the whole book, but for the sake of this episode, because we not read, mm-hmm. cannot read the whole book at this time, we're just going to read 6 to 12, or we can actually move uh, to 15. Uh, 12 could be good. Mm-hmm. Do you have that, bro? Can you read it once again before we dive into the long context? Yes. All right. So the, we're going to start with uh, Malachi 3. Um, yeah. Malachi 3 verse... Um, so yeah, six. All right. Let's say we again start with six. All right. Um, the title in an NIV is Breaking Covenant by Withholding Tithes. All right. So uh, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In in tithes and in, and offering, you are under a curse. And you they are robbing God through tithes and offering, of course. You are under a, cor- a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Almighty, and see if I will not throw up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delight land, says the Lord Almighty. All right, so given that uh, we're reading that, bro. Um, Yes. There are some uh, some things that are actually not well well um, uh, uh, elaborated here yet. So how I'm like the 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 the, the Israelite here. How are we robbing God? What was the robbing? What robbing did happen in this local context, bro? Um, the, because the, it seems to be right when you talk when you talked about uh, a while ago when you mentioned that um, they they were actually withholding tithes or um, not giving their full tithes. Okay, right. so to find everybody tithes means are uh, literally uh, in 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 Hebrew translates to ten percent tithes. Yes, so ten percent. So yeah, bro. How does how did they in, in 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 your research or the scholars what did the scholars say how did they they withdraw their aside from it it says here in verse 
um, in in verse two, I th- in in chapter two that um, some of them are are uh, actually uh, uh, sacrificing because they are in in the Mosaic law they are required to sacrifice ev- uh, uh, during their their uh, festivals. So for the sacrifice, they're sacrificing um, animals that are not worthy, right? So in in, uh, in the Torah, there there are requirements there of what animals are, are ought to be sacrificed according to your uh, status, so social status. So what are the robbing that has happened here? Uh, do you think, brother? Yeah. So before I before I before I dive into uh, the question of uh, before answer your question, bro, what what this means really when you know Melakai said you're robbing God uh, through not giving your full tithes and offering. Let's put it. Let's try to understand the local context from you know verses six to twelve. Mm. Basically, basically what what this is all about is that this this is not just about tithes and offering. And this is what people missed oh. because when they yes because when they read because when they read the the, the, the Malachi three ten in during the offering part you know of that's an offering part of worship they just read they just read verse ten and they miss the whole context the local context and what's the local context the local context is actually God calling these people to return to Him this is actually a call to repentance. Mm. That's why when that's that's why if if we, from the verses that you read that they've read, verse six for I the Lord does not change therefore you O children of Jacob are not destroyed, okay, you are not faithful, I am you know the Lord will one day come to you as the judge who can who can uh, who can who can sino who can ano anong word ginamit kanina who can endure who can endure the judgment of God, no one. And sinasabi niya dito, God is still compassionate. God is still patient. That's why you are not yet destroyed. Therefore, therefore, you know, and he's saying, you are like your, you are like your fathers. Wala kayong pinagkaiba ng mga kaninunuan nyo, ng mga lolo nyo, ng mga tatay yeah. nyo. You have turned aside from my, from my decrees, from the law. You have, be, you, have, you have not kept them. You have not obeyed them. You have turned your back from the covenant. And so, God is calling them. In verse 7, he said, that's why he's saying them, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So basically, if you want to understand Malachi chapter 10, you will understand this through the local context. And this is about a call to repentance. This is about oh. a call to repentance. And when people, response ng mga Israelites dyan, but you say, how shall we return? Paano ba kami babalik sa'yo? Will man rob God? Pwede ba namin nakawa ng Panginoon? Yet you're, and then the response of God is, yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have you, how, how will we rob you? Paano ba, paano ba, paano ka ba namin yun na nakawan? And then the response is, in your tithes and contributions, or in your tithes and offering. So basically, okay, God is calling them to repent, to return to Him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, God has told them, you are like your fathers. Wala yung pinagkaiba. Diba? Pasalamat. Mm-hmm. Because God is still the same. He's still compassionate. He's still, Merciful, mm-hmm. he's, he he still loves you. <laughs> he's gracious. That's why you are not destroyed. Okay, so now return to me. And they were asking, how can we return to you? And God through Malachi is giving them 
one of the ways on how they can return to God. And that is by giving their full tithes and offering. So, this is not about a simple command. You know, this is not centered yeah. on just, you know, give your tithes and offering. No, this is about their whole life. They are disobedient. So, are th this, this gives me an, a whole new idea of what, what the robbing means here, bro. It's just not, they're just not robbing God of what is due to the God, to God in money or material things. They're robbing God of his worthiness of worship oh, yes. and adoration and, you know, just loyalty and praise, yes. you know? Yes. I think that's the bigger, the bigger crime that they are committing here. Not yes, just exactly. no, not because God in 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 a general sense, of course. If why would God need food? Why would God need crops? Why would God need money if He's the one who gave that to you in the first place? Right? I think that's yes. the question that they are saying. That how could we rob you? You're a God. Yes. No, how can we rob you? You're a God because they're not understanding, right? That yes, you're not exactly. robbing me of just money or monetary value but you're robbing me of my glory that's it right you're yeah. you're, you're disrespecting me <laughs> yes you're dishonoring dishonoring me right so for that's just you know it's 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 just for example you're you're um say say you're a soldier you're just a private and then you're 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 asking the the general that you know how can I rob you if you're a powerful person? And the general said this that you're robbing me because you're not a, you're not you know you're not giving me your your uh say your you're not giving me your gun something like that. No no why yeah. do I have to give you my gun or you know you're or, or the general says. Or the commander says, you're robbing me or you're disrespecting me because you're not following me. You know, you're, you're not right, talking. It. Something like that. But, but you know, how can I? You have all the control. But it's not that, you know. It's not that the general needs the gun. But the general needs your, your, your following, your respect. You know, that, that's... Yes. Cause, cause I'm, I'm in the background of ROTC. I'm very big on that. You know, uh... and when you talk to your higher, higher ups, bro, I think that's just how I see... Sometimes I see it in, in the, you know, if this is a God who is all-knowing, because back in the days we were doing ROTC, when we are commanded, mm -hmm. you know, to dock, even if you're not doing, you're, you're not, there's nothing around, you, you dock, you go straight, you have to dock. You have to drop, you have to drop right away. And then why, why do we have to do that? We always ask, why do I have to do that? Why do we have to dock? There's nothing happening around here. But, you know, when, when this, this uh, sergeant told us that, Sometimes that happens because your commander sees everything. And if a person right. or there's like a shooter that you don't see and then he tells you to dro drop and you don't drop even because you start asking questions. You know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that and all that? Yeah. Know? But you, you start questioning before you, 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 know, you actually follow. Then that's, that's you know, you're robbing your commander of, of his uh, respect. And, and, and it's not... Yeah. It's not that we're here, no, that they're not worthy of questioning. That's not what I am trying to portray to you yes, guys. Yes, yes. 
that they're not worthy. I mean, they're not. Um, uh, wala silang karapatan to 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 ask questions. But but here is, um, they 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 have all the rights to 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 question to question uh, God. But here is um, the thing is, you you can question God uh, all the time, only if you haven't felt His goodness. For example, for me, there are times that I don't trust or say fully trust you know i there are times that for example i feel like i have to answer this answer this calling or answer this for example i want to go to this place and i really uh, really want i really see the the need uh, to to go to this place to teach them doctrine and stuff like that there there are some things that i that are um uh, holding me back what i how should i go in there how should i do this i do that but i really feel like i am the only person who could do it you know, I am the only, I am the ideal person who could do it, something like that, and the uh, people around me are giving me that. Uh, and it's just like the 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 message of the Holy Spirit to me is that. And then sometimes, I I realize as I am doing ministry, sometimes God would would uh, would would love to have your yes first. Before he answers those questions, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. here they, they start questioning, right? They start questioning, questioning, questioning. You start questioning when you haven't even done it properly yet. <laughs> You're not even doing it yet, and then you're missing the point. Questioning, right? So, what's the point of you questioning when you haven't even started doing it yet? You know, it's, so he follows that with a challenge, right? You see that in the in the in the last part. Yeah. Verse 10. Try me. Try me in verse ten. Start doing it. Actually, start doing it. Then you will see you the see. heavens open. You will see the blessings coming in. Start doing it. The problem, I think, that is like sort of a principle here. I'm not sure yeah. if we're going to the word text, the word study here. I'm sorry, Don. But that's we're, we're, we're leading to that way. We're leading that way. But I just uh, after after you speak, I, I I'm going to add something. Yeah, that's a principle that I have seen here. Sometimes our questioning is not to 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 question or to really seek the truth. It's a cop out to to not follow, right? When yes. we all know that you know we trust God and we ought to trust God because He will provide and the enough for what you are you have been called for or or, or, or called to do. And then we start questioning, questioning because I don't want to do it. It's not that you question because you're really curious. You're questioning because you don't want to do it. And then that's why God said, "Try me, do that, do it, and then you will see the 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 things pour out, you know, the blessings pour out in your in your land." So that's just a principle that I see that has been something that I, I've been working on in my life. That sometimes there are a lot of questions. You are very anxious of the tomorrow. It's not that you follow blindly, because you have an you know we call it in like an epistemic foundation of why you follow here because you know you might not know what tomorrow brings but you know for a fact that your god is a loving god and who will provide your needs if he really it is really his will that you will do stuff like that you stuff that you're called to do so if you that you know that even if you don't know some other stuff that's like an overriding defeater or an overriding fact for you to follow and not question. So that's just a principle that I have just recently uh, picked up on this uh, verse. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, I really like your illustration when you when you shared your experience from ROTC, right? I want I want to go back to that because that's really important on, on what's happening here. Because the point of when you know the point when your commander, let's say your commander, will give you a command and then you ask the question, why are you saying that? Well, why, why do you why are you asking us to duck? Well, Basically, what what the what the uh, your commander is trying to accomplish there is is to make you the person who obeys the command. Yeah. Right. To be to be a different person, unlike you know than the, the ordinary citizens, right? Yeah. So, and then if you're a kind of person as, bakit malapag dun na lang sa panahon na may nangyari na dun na lang the dapat yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. So basically, what if it's too late, you, na? You, yeah. So <laughs> the point is, the point there is that you you you're the point there is to develop submission. You know, yeah. you know understanding, trusting. The one who's trying, who has given the command, and you're right. Looking at the looking at the Israelites here, their crime is not really just you know withholding their tithes and offering, not giving the you know the best offering that they can give to God. It's really this. It's the crime they're doing is rebellion and faithfulness. They are not giving the honor that the Lord deserves. They're not, they're not giving the glory that the that the Lord deserves. They are straight up disrespecting God. Yeah. So that is what God is calling out from them. And the way for them to turn to God is just basically just giving their, their tithes and offering. Just one of the ways. Okay? So that's the local context. That's the local context. Now, we're, now let's dive into the textual context. Let's dive the into the textual context. context. Yes. So right. this is where we really look into the specific the specific um, uh, words, you know, in, 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 the, yeah. in the verse. Okay? So, let's look at Malachi 3.10. It says, Bring the whole of the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in the house, and there I put me into the house, it is the Lord of hosts, I will not open, and I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down mm-hmm. for you a blessing until there is no more need. So, now, so, again, from the local context, uh, God is telling the God is telling them this is one way of the ways that you can turn to me, give the full tithe. So maybe we're asking what's what is this tithe? Okay, so sinabi kanina ni Rosariel, tithe is like is uh, is literally translated as one tenth or ten percent sa language natin So in the context of the Israelites, we need to understand that they are under the Mosaic law, mm-hmm. and they are in the agreement of God. You know, to become his, their his people, and in order for them to be identified as, as his people, as a nation, to be established as a nation, they will have to do certain things, and the law is given in order for them to be the kind of persons of God. You know, so isa dun sa mga mga binigay na law ng Panginoon as established nation is to give their tithes, the ten percent of their income. You know, uh, of their and the tithes doesn't only come with 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 monetary with money. A form of money, but also it comes with the form of uh, animals or land produce, all this stuff. Okay, and the tithes that they were there were actually three kinds of tithes under the Mosaic Covenant. So the first one is the Levitical tithe. This is the mm-hmm. tithe, you know, the ten percent from the income, you know, and their land produce that they give, uh, or, and maybe uh, including their animals that they give to the temple for the Levites, because Wala naman sila, hindi naman sila nag-work sa land. So in their service in the temple, uh, the Levitical tithe will serve as their like compensation. 
Mm-hmm. Yan yung design ng, ng, ng nation ng Israel. Okay? The next, the other type is, and by the way, yung Levitical type, that's compulsory. Parang that's how the Israelites going to, to op, the Israel is going to operate as a nation. Para sustain yung temple, ganun. Next naman is the, yeah. festival, the festival type. The festival type is their annual, this is a yearly celebration of their uh, 40-year journey. 40 years journey mm-hmm. in the wilderness. And so what they do is that this is this is different from the Levitical tithe because the, for the for the Levitical tithe, yung dinadala nila 10%, it's really for the Levites. It's really going for the temple. It's it will be going to be owned by the temple. But itong sa itong sa Levitical tithe, ah sorry, sa festival tithe. Festival. Festival tithe. Yeah, dinadala nila yung so for example, may kunyari may uh, 10,000 ka na income, yung 1,000 mo bigay mo doon sa Levitical tithe. Yung 90% na yung 90% na naiwan, kunan mo ng another 10% for the festival tithe. Ang pinagkaiba lang sa festival tithe, yung 10% na nilaan mo para sa you still own it but you're going to use it for the festival, for the celebration. And there's a specific place for you where, where to celebrate. And that is Jerusalem. And so you go to Jerusalem and you celebrate together as one nation, as one people. Uh, the 40 uh, years journey in the wilderness. And, and you invite... You yeah, you stuff. You consume stuff. natin para bring and share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Potluck, yeah. Yeah, ganun. So what you use in the celebration is your 10% of what was left minus your, of your total income minus the Levitical tithe. So mm-hmm. Meaning, okay, ngayon, 20% na. The other, the, the other tithe, uh, which they do every three years, is the poor tithe or the welfare tithe. Ito, uh, accordingly, this is just... Uh, I think uh, one third or third per- three uh, point three per- or three percent of their of the income. So what they do is every three years, the Israelites will give three percent uh, from their income. They give that to the temple, and all these things are gathered, and this is given to the poor, to the foreigners, to the widows, and to the orphans. So basically, as a community, in order for them to take care of those that are in need. They will give three percent of their income. So titingnan natin, may mga panahon na twenty percent na bilibigay, may panahon all in all as a, as a yearly pala to, yearly to na sa yearly na income yeah. nila, kinukuha kinukuna ng ten percent for Levitical, kinukuna ng ten percent for the for the uh, festival, and every three years, uh, may may kinukuha ng poor tithe para sa mga widow, orphans, and foreigners. So may mga panahon na 23 let's say nas mga 20, 20 23 or 23 mm-hmm. 23% yung mga bin, yung binibigay na tithes mm-hmm. and yeah so yan yung ibig sabihin ng ng tithes you know understanding it in in the Israelite context and and being under in the mosaic law now the offering here naman refers to the peace offering sacred offerings maraming offerings na naka-mention actually if you look at the Old Testament in Leviticus so now we have an understanding of what the tithes, of what tithes actually, what the tithes are. No, what it, what it actually mean. But so mm-hmm. ngayon ang natin, what is this specific tithe that is being mentioned here, or being referred here in Malachi three ten? Now I would argue that this specific tithe that is being referred here is the Levitical tithe. Yeah, that's what kasi, most most scholars say. Would say. Yeah, kasi sabi dito, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Eh, ang nilalagay lang naman, ang mga, ang naka-store lang talaga sa storehouse is yung for the Levites. Yeah. So we can say, you know, they, uh, this is, this could refer really to the, um, Levitical, the Levitical tithe. 
So that's a challenge. Bring the full Levitical type. Parang ganun. Now, mm-hmm. let's ask the question. What, i- what does it mean? You know, kasi ito yung sabi eh. So that there may be food in my house. Ayun na yun. Eh, who stays in the house of the Lord in the temple? The Levite's priest. Mm-hmm. Ngayon naman, sabi niya dito, and thereby put me to the test. Itong context ng 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 challenge ng Panginoon ng sinabi ng Panginoon is in the context of just of tithing okay this is not about everything about our lives or whatever we can challenge God yeah in some ways God, I mean we don't know how the Lord works with you personally but just understanding the context of what we're looking at the passage it is limited to the context of you know just give the full tithe and I will do this so that's that's the, the challenge you know test me and then the, the, and then God said and I will if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. In the Near Eastern context, they understood that the heaven uh, is, you know, the source of rain, water. So the windows is like, parabang sara, no? Na ito yung source ng, ul- ng ulan. Kapag ino-open yan, mababuhos uh, yung tubig and ano bang, service, ano bang use ng water sa land? of course oh, yeah. plants then they will of course they will be healthy and they will produce fruits right or crops so this is not about god pouring out so much blessing if you give your tithe. <laughs> this is about if you look at the next passages this is about god's three promises if you will give your full tithe because you are toiling you're working in the land i will pour out enough water so that you will have enough so that your crops will be healthy and they will bear fruit. They will bear crops so that you will have enough for your need. And pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So the goal is to meet their needs, you know, as, as a reward for their giving of the full tithe. Basically, yeah. the goal is, you know, as a community, if you just follow, if you just obey, giving the full tithe as a community, your needs will be met. <laughs> you will have in, you will have enough. Yeah. You look at verse eleven, and I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Says the Lord of hosts. Meaning, if you will give your full tithe, I will pour out rain. That means your crops will be your your plants will be watered. And I will protect it from the locals, from, from any devourers, from any attackers that will destroy your plants. That's the promise of God. And third, all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land uh, of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Meaning, because they will be blessed, they will have enough for whatever they need. Yeah. By the nations that their God is good, is great and awesome because they yeah. always enough for what they need. Yeah. And, and bro, I, I love that you 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 uh, magnified or focused on that, but it's not actually because you know in, in our local or, or you know um present context, when you say the heavens, the gates or the heavens will pour down blessings. When you say, because that's often uh, tossed around by a lot of ministers. When you yeah. say that, it There's seems like, of course, this. say you're a person, you're six feet or five foot seven, five, five high. And what compares the heavens to you? Like, for example, the heavens is like, you know, kilometers wide, miles mm. square, wide. And then 
imagine that pours down blessing that much to you that's gonna be a lot of a lot of blessings if you just you know um take it plainly without without uh considering the context yeah and and in contrast to how this is used by a lot of of uh, prosperity <laughs> gospel preachers because they see they uh, say see they, they say um you know if you give you know your your tithes to god then you know prosperity will flow down to your family you know <laughs> it will pour down to your family and you will have so much you know yeah, wala ka ng paglalagyan. You know, you bring tabo and tabo and your tabo will not be enough. Balde. You will have to be balde-balde and your balde will not be enough. <laughs> you know, and uh, now, in contrast to that, what it really meant was, no, your yes. needs will be provided. Just and enough. it's, yeah, it, it's not that, it's not that, you know, they receive, for example, my, 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 my thoughts about prosperity gospel is like when you receive these things, then you don't have to work anymore because you have already given to Christ and like that. But now when you receive your your um water, you receive your you know, you have some stuff to, to, to that is provided to you. That doesn't mean that you still not you stop working, that now you still no, you would still have to, to plow the, the the land to 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 get ready the, the soil, you know, to farm the land. You still have to plant and stuff like that, but your needs are provided. You know, your needs yes. are provided. It's not. It's not the thing that it says you will be given a Lamborghini, because I know <laughs> some pastor out there who brings his luxury cars to conferences to say that. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> to say that God has poured down blessings to him because he has obeyed God and tightened. So it's not that's in contrast to what they say. God says He will give you what you need, need yes. your necessities. Yes, esabi ni Gadjan. You know, so you see, this is what the Israelites need to understand. Nagihirap kayo ngayon. Nagihirap kayo ngayon. You don't have everything that you need. Ang hirap that's, mag. That's hirap. that's good point. So, do do you think they realize that nagihirap sila? It doesn't seem, I think no? they are. I think they are actually. I think they, they probably realize that. But the really problem is just, is just unwillingness to obey the Lord. Unwillingness to because in their marriages. Yeah. They're living their lives the way they, they want. And they're not taking care of the of the of the temple. They're offering the sick animals. They're disrespecting the, the Lord is that please, the Lord is that. Blessing. The Lord is going to bless them. That's what is happening. Because if they will only follow the commands of God, they, their needs will be provided. They will be taken care of. Yeah. But but but, but the thing is, I, I um, it seems like, you know, nagihirap sila in an objective context. They're suffering in an objective yes. context. But in their relative context, they're enjoying their suffering, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I love sitting, right? <laughs> you know? That's a problem it, with, with people, you know? <laughs> you're suffering but i that's something that you know where it really makes sense i'm not very sold out to this when c.s lewis said mm -hmm. that the hells are are locked from the inside hell is locked from mm -hmm. the inside that people are really enjoying their suffering when that's these are the kind of people who are really not who do not want 
God's presence. And it's 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 not it, it's kind of a tangential point here, but you know, the, mm-hmm. it relates to that. You know, I think these people are suffering objectively, but I think they are also they are also enjoying their themselves. suffering. Yeah, <laughs> they love. They, at the same time, they they know they suffer by, um, you know, interbreeding. I'm that's a wrong point because it's the same species. But you know, inter, um, racial breeding. Let's say, so they they marrying other um lineage or, or foreigners, and that's forbidden in the mosaic law. So you know that must be that will cause suffering, of course, because you're. Your uh, your offspring, they will, some of them might not be fully accepted in the society, in, right. in the temples and stuff like that. That's 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 going to be discrimination. There's going to be bullying, you know, and and stuff like, for example, you're not giving your full tax. That's mean. That means that you know your city well, is going I to suffer, know. and you're suffering too. You're gonna suffer too, and but at the same time, they be, are becoming selfish. You know they become selfish and they enjoy their selfishness and they enjoy yes. their suffering amidst, I Bro. yeah, amidst all that suffering. Of course, you're describing it perfectly. Why? Because that's the reason why in Ezekiel, God said to Ezekiel, "Your hearts are so hardened, like a stone, that the Lord had to change your heart with flesh." Because look at these Israelites here; they were brought back temple the walls are built again but they are enjoying their situation they did not want to really to really be transformed to really be restored they're not they're not repentant in this confrontation right they don't want to get out that's why yeah just like what you said hell is locked in from luck from the inside it's the people who are who are locking themselves in right sila sila so this is their this is their situation so now when so that's why when you when you look at Malakai three ten, it's not it's not it's not just about merely the issue is about mere compliance of giving your tithes yeah. and offerings. That's one thing, but there's more than that. It's the hardened heart of the people being so hard before God that they don't want to return to Him. They don't want to repent. That they are, you know, what, bro. If you continue reading, ito yung mga sinabi nila. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? And this is God said. You have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning? Mourning before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the arrogant blessed evildoers not only prosper, but if they put God to test and they, but, uh, but they put God to test and they escape. Basically what they're saying is that uh, saying you have been you have been you have been so hard against me you have been so harsh huh <laughs> you have spoken against how can we have how have we spoken against you you have actually said it is meaningless to serve you why is it meaningless and it is also it doesn't really mean you know it doesn't mean anything to mourn to re, to to re, to to repent before you why because the evildoers they challenge you they mock you they test you but they're able to escape. And you're calling us to repent, to come back to you? It's meaningless. That's how hard their heart is. The context of Malakai Triton is that it's more than just, you know, complying. It's deeper than that. It's really life 
you know, it's like people set to rebel to to rebel God. People set not to follow God. That's how worse their situation is. So oh, if man. you're going to narrow it into just, you know, give so that God will bless you, my guy, you need to check your whole life what you're doing. If you want, yeah. to, if you want to apply the principle of Malachi T10, it's that it's. I mean, of course, later on in the application part, we will talk about what does this mean to us, right? Yeah. But just looking at Malachi three ten for now, I want you to, uh, you know, to those who are listening, I want you to understand this is what the author is trying to communicate. This is about a call to repent because your whole life is messed up because you're not following God. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's this it. For sure. Yes. Yes. That's it. Now, narrowing it to to to, to, to tithes and offering, we might ask, you know, in application. Does this apply to us? Are we, you know, as adopted children of God, according to Galatians by Paul, mm. you know, as adopted children of Abraham, we belong to his family. Are we expected also to obey this command to give the tithes and offering? What do you think, bro? What is oh. <laughs> so disclaimer again, no, just <laughs> um. All right, so tithes, of course. If you say tithes, it's uh the the way we use language today is that if you say uh, use a certain language, it's gonna be somehow linked to how it's originally used, right? For example, you use tithe, and it's originally used towards the tithing of the, the mosaic law are we referring to tithing as the mosaic law way of tithing right so um that's that's the point no so sometimes you know when you see i i had this conversation with this with my my dad you know when we we're driving we talk a lot i like that it it sometimes they i see sometimes uh pastors in general would choose a lot of ot laws that would just fit their narrative for example this what they no? want to accomplish. yeah well, what they want to accomplish for example i will choose i will cherry pick this verse the tithing practice in the old testament law and i will disregard the other laws <laughs> for example you cannot eat blood you cannot uh you know women are not supposed to be have anything to do in in temples or stuff like that so why wouldn't you also follow that what's the reason right. that we just follow the tithing you know the tithes do you have other motives i'm not sure but you know but that's the thing um i think that of course in we we are in 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 the new covenant right we're in the jesus covenant now the grace covenant right. So, um, in the Mosaic Law, these are things that that uh, that God set right in in Moses, including the Ten Commandments, the right. Law, Torah, for them to be to be uh, you know guide guided upon the the how they ought to act given their culture right. on the land. That's also one thing that I want to, to to express to other people. It's not that just God gave them, you know, that you have to sacrifice the blood or you have to, to, to uh, say, sacrifice the fat or something like that. These are things that are already relevant in their culture. 
have to understand yes. that in the ancient Near Eastern culture, blood is already sacred, that things are already being sacrificed in the Asian Near Eastern culture. That's why God had to speak in their culture. You know, right. he had to speak through them in their culture and give them a certain set of guidelines in their culture. All right. Yes. So, for example, so um, Stephen DeYoung, I think, said this. Father Stephen DeYoung said this. They are playing the same game but different coaches. So, for example, um, in the Mosaic Law, you are required to give sacrifices of your of your clean um, uh, animals, right? But like the Babylon would sacrifice using their babies, would sacrifice using their sons, would sacrifice using people, right? So these are specific um, laws given to these people. Now we're in the new covenant. Where when did the new covenant start? Of course, it was when Jesus came. No, right. it, it, uh, I want I want to to um, to read the proof text that is usually um, quoted when when we say about what's the new covenant. No, that says the new covenant. Mm-hmm. It's in Luke twenty two nineteen to twenty, and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and saying, "This is my body given for you." Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out to you. Now see, there's like the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out to you. Given that, that means that you are saved and you have been saved by Jesus Christ through his blood. You know? So, um... This is this this implies that the new covenant was established through his blood, you know, yes, and yes. and that's that 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 first was the last last supper, right? You know, so if you guys yes. uh, are, we always read that during in Southern mm-hmm. Baptist, we do that uh, every first Sunday of the month. We use we that <laughs> so. Also, it, it, it means that the new covenant is based on, on, on the salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and just the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the Old yeah. Testament is more, more um, highlighted on the following of the law, that you follow the law, that you follow this law, that, you know, th- that seems to be it. Now, of course, uh, beyond that, God wants them to have a really the uh, reverence to God, but here in 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 uh, the 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 new covenant, this is more highlighted in your relationship with the Lord. Now, given that that you are you now realize that you are in the body of Christ, given that you're a Christian, right? To our atheist brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this, I'm yes. glad that you're here. But um, just so you know, for our Christian brothers, you know. Um, now that you're in the new covenant, are you required to give your 10%? Are you required? I, I wouldn't say yes. I, I, I'd say no, of course. Then now, this might be um, controversial to my colleagues, <laughs> to my fellow Southern Baptists, but I don't colleagues? think so. I don't think yes. Because this defeats the purpose of grace. This defeats the purpose of the gift of salvation right 
so why why would it, why did I say that the the New Testament is more in the relationship and the the, the forgiveness of sins and and the salvation? It is because if you are required to give your ten percent to obey the law, then you are actually working your way towards your salvation. I have to obey this, you know, because this is a requirement ten percent that I have to do this so that I wouldn't rob God. So that I would be given blessings, that I would be given grace if I give 10%. When the fact is, no matter how much you give, no matter how tight you give, it will not um, surpass the requirement that you are ha you have to give to have eternal life and just have grace, sustenance of your everyday life. So, you know, if you think that it is a requirement that you give 10%, then no. But what I think is the requirement is that you have to get the principle in the Old Testament is the generosity. Just like what Dunhope said, part of their tithes is not just given towards the Levites. Of course, a lot is given Levites. That's already generous that you give to your pastors. You give to your church workers. You give to your ministers. Second is given to their celebrations, to people around them, to their neighbors probably, to their uh, community, yeah. community probably. Third, they are giving to the poor, to the marginalized, to the single Widow. mothers, of our widows, um, orphans. You know, these things are not just you know, yeah, you see that as a requirement. But if you see just beyond that, these things are ought to see be seen as something that a generous person will do. They give to their pastor, they give to their community, and of course, they give to those who are in need. And then I think yeah. that's one principle that we have to hold on to: that you have to be, you have still to be generous and giving to those who are in need. You know, and does that mean that you have to give your ten percent? No, not necessarily ten percent, because you see, in the old the widow, and the the, uh, in contrast to the rich man, the rich man gave a lot of his money, right? And the widow just gave, uh, what has left been left, yes. everything, you know, and then that's not even ten percent. You see, that's not ten percent. That is probably a hundred percent. No, and I'm not saying this that you give your hundred percent to God to, of what you have. Sacrificial. <clears throat> but see, my my point here is that that um, grace will will not require you to do anything, but it will require it will it, it has given you already. Grace has been mm -hmm. given to you already, and this grace is not for you to 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 um. It's not for you to gain, right? It is given to you already. Now, it is the amount of grace that is given to you that you give to other people. The amount of grace, the amount of blessings that God has given to you that you give to other people. Of course, if you, my principle is if you give little, you're, you're almost implying that God is not blessing you. If you get a lot, of course, if you're generous, and that implies that God is also providing for you. And I'm not saying that generous is 
um, giving all you have. And it's different when you say what you have, ha, bro. I mean, what I mean is what you have. When I say what you have, is I'm not saying that, for example, you receive a 5,000 pesos a check for every 15th of the month. No, give your consent you have 5,000 pesos. If you have 1,000 pesos to pay the your bills, electricity bills, that's not what you have. That's not yours. That is the the electric company's money. So that's not yours to, to spend. If you have 1,000 for your house, then that's not yours. No. If you have 2,000 left, then that's what you have. And from what you have, give what you can afford. No. Of course, if you the two thousand you two thousand you have, you still have to give for yourself. No. So um, if that means that you are going to give uh, five hundred, two hundred of what you have, then that's good. You know, because God have have already given you, and I think that's the principle that I I I, I uh, have gotten from the Old Testament, is when we talk about the tithes that they give, it's not they they're not just tithing tithing just because just because god has not required them to tithe just because god has required to tithe them to tithe for a reason and that one of those reasons is for the needy of course for the widows for the poor that i think that's what has been really touching my heart in, in this podcast this guy I'm, I'm big on on humanitarian projects that you in in giving for for this cause for the for the uh, the poor people, the underprivileged people. Yeah, so um, I, w I want to emphasize your answer there. You said no, and you emphasized between the two covenants, the Messiah covenant and our new covenant with with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ that He instituted. And it's it's good, bro, that you have read Luke. You know that passage uh, that we you know read in our communion. Mm. That's it. The answer is no, because we need to understand that tithing is in the context of Israelite having covenant with God. And tithing is part of that covenant. In order, so, and, and I just want to, to, to clarify this, you know, for people who are listening, if you think that the law was a means for their salvation, no, no. The Israelites were saved. Look, you know, the symbolism of their salvation was, you know, coming from Egypt. They were saved by God. They were, you know, they, they were taken out from Egypt. And now God made a covenant with them. Now you are out. I'm making a new covenant with you. I made a covenant with Abraham. Now I'm making a covenant with you through Moses. That's why it's called Mosaic Covenant. And you will be my people. In mm -hmm. order, in, in, in how you're going to be my people is by obeying these commands, this law. So now, for this, for that's why the Mosaic Law, including the tithes, that was given for a specific people and a specific time in which you emphasize the culture, right? God was revealing, God was revealing Himself during their time, and if He wants to be understood, to be known by the people during their time, God has to speak their language, and that was how God was trying to reveal Himself. He was trying to model a nation. For the rest of the nations to follow, yes, that God, that the nations will know Him through Israel. That's why the law. Mm, no, yeah. yes, that's why the law. So it's not a means for salvation, but it's a means of 
identity to be identified as a people of God mm. so that the nations will know God through Israel. Now, how about us? Yes, it's true. You have mentioned we are now under the covenant with Christ. This is the new covenant that Jeremiah mentioned. That the, judge, that the judgment of God, the wrath of his judgment will be taken by, 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 by Christ. And the blood, you know, the blood will, sim will symbolize that, that wrath. And what did God, I mean, in the person of Jesus Christ, Christ, as you drink this, of this, of this, you know, wine, this is symbols of my blood, pour out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And this is the new covenant. The blood symbolizes the wrath of God. This is the new covenant. Now, now we are in new covenant with, with, with Christ. That's grace, right? We have been saved by God through our sins. We don't have to do anything, you know, to, to gain it or to win it. To, to be favored by God, to be given that. No, we did not do anything. God freely gave it to us, right? There are punishments to our sins. You have, we had, we, we had to, we, in, in, before, because, uh, offering, for the forgiveness of their sins, my offering, right? Sa atin ngayon, Christ was the final offering. So, now we are, kaya, the blood of Christ symbolizes justice. It was nice. poured out to Him. He nice. took it, right? So, wala na. So, now, we just have we just have to believe God, you know, accept what he did, believe and accept him as our personal Lord and Savior, what he did in the cross and that he resurrected on the third day. And now being if you believe in Christ, you will be joined in that covenant. Now what is the covenant is with Christ? Now what is the command? What is the law of this covenant? The law of this covenant is love. How are we going to oh, wow. Are we going to be identified as people of Jesus? Someone in covenant in relationship with Jesus? What did Jesus say in Matthew 20? In, 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 in John, John 13, 34 to 35. He said, a new command I give you. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And then verse 35, he said, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. There's a command. To love one another, to love each other the way Christ loved us. When Christ was asked by a Pharisee, an expert of the law, what's the greatest commandment? Matthew 22, 37 to 40. What's the response of Christ? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. Galatians 5.14, what did Paul say? For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The law of this new covenant is love. And you would say, so if we, if we will not do the, if we will not do the, um, the tithing because it's under the Mosaic law, but why do we not commit adultery? Why do we follow that now? Why do we not uh, commit murder. Why do we follow some of this Hosaic law? Na, kasi, are we picking, you know, some of the commands na susundin lang natin ngayon? No, no. It just happens that under the command of God, of, through the Lord Jesus Christ, in our new covenant with Him, the command to love. If you love, you will not murder. If you love, you will not commit adultery. Amen. If you love, you will not steal. Right? If you love you will be if you love God you will be faithful to him. Wow. 
bro that you have you have just you have just outlined you know that's i i think a perfect a perfect ending because you you from the start when you said when we we pointed out that you know these people in the israelites repeating thing that they need to be rescued they need to be rescued and there's now that you have said that it is true love that jesus christ has been the sacrifice once and for all yes. now you see now you see the 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 you know the old testament the constant call of repentance to the people almost every prophet has called them to repent 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 and then now in their repentance they're required to give self self uh, 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 sacrifice now since jesus is has sacrificed once and for all yes you're given a new covenant that covenant. is that's it love a new law a new law but it's to love yes. Yes. and 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 basically it embodies all the law or just you know yes. summarizes all the law yes if you love you will follow all of the ten commandments i would say and yes. you know if you love you would you know if they would have loved genuinely in the old testament they would have been in a better place you know yes. if we have and and it's just i think it's the idea of your generation that that's you know speaking a lot uh, 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 in in magnitudes here because because god is love then he is now slowly turning you and revealing to you what he really is and who he really is and he is commanding you to be like him through yes. jesus christ through be to be yes. jesus christ to be like jesus not to be just right yes. be like jesus christ right yes now wow and it, it's just you know given is with, with just the malachi you know given the tithes and offerings now that you know how to love that you know that you ought to love because you have been loved by jesus christ you do not just love because you're you know that's just the same thing in the old testament you're not required to tight not as if you're not you do not have anything to tight you're required to tight because i have rescued you from the exile you're allowed to tight because i have promised you to to this this uh, promised land now you're required to love because jesus christ has loved you yes. and the same thing in tithing you know you are encouraged to tithe because i don't know if i still call i would still call it tithe i call it tithe because of tradition but not necessarily <laughs> yes, because yes. studies all right or i mean on word yeah. studies but um you are Maybe you, you want to say give <laughs> yeah you're it's encouraged to give give because not you already give. have been given right yes and, and, and yes, it's bro. a thing that i i i read in acts um uh what's acts 20 32 now i commit you to the to god and to the word is grace uh you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions i in everything i did i showed you that this kind of hard work we must help the weak remembering the words of the lord jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive see what yes. what uh paul was saying here that you know i you know god has given me strength to work 
that I can be able to provide for myself. I have already received. You know, I have God has given me to work. Now that I work, I give. So here, the principle here is that he didn't say that I give. No, he didn't say that give so that you will receive. He said give because you already have been given. Been given. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a very yeah. Yes. So, bro, this is what the Israelites miss. In Deuteronomy, what did God said through Moses? Chapter 6, verse chapter six verse 5. Or let's just start with verse 4. God said through Moses, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5. Surprise! You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. <laughs> bro, talking about giving, talking about tithes, when you love, what do you do? When God loves, what does He do? Yeah, it's He gave His begotten Son. He gave His begotten Son. <laughs> When we love, we give. Yeah. Israelites has to understand: if they love the Lord, they will give for His ministry, for the church, for the temple. If they love, they, wor they worship God for what He did, bringing them out of Egypt. They will celebrate it. They will give for that celebration. If they love God, they will care for the poor. They will care for the needy. They will care for the orphans. They will care for the for the widows. In our context now, we are not in the in the Mosaic covenant. We're not called to tithes, but we see the examples of the Christians who loved God and who loved people. What they did is they gave. In the Book of Acts, in the birth of the church, people were selling all their resources and giving it to the poor. Because they love God and they love these people. And like the principle of Paul, which he learned from Christ, it is better to give than to receive because we have been given already. Mm -hmm. If you look at Corinthians and what Paul says there, especially in chapter in, in Second Corinthians chapter 8 to 9, Paul is saying, We are giving because we have been given. And when we're giving, we're not talking about blessings and return in terms of material. We're giving and we bear the fruit of righteousness. Mm. Amen. In 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 Second Corinthians eight and nine, he he appreciate. Corinthians has been supporting him, okay, in his ministry. If you see that, I think, uh, a year or a year and three months already, Corinthians has been supporting him in the ministry. We saw you see that in in chapter one. Here in chapter two, he is encouraging. Sorry, in in the second Corinth in second Corinth in first Corinthians, the Corinthians you will learn that. The Corinthian church has been supporting Paul in his ministry. In the second letter, Second Corinthians, Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to support the Christians who are persecuted, who are suffering in Jerusalem. And he's saying, continue doing this. And consider the example of Macedonia. They were not that rich church. But they gave, they gathered their resources and they gave to the needy. That's sacrificial love. Now, Paul is saying, you know, just to summarize it, Paul is saying, give according to what you can. Mm -hmm. give, give, give according to what you can. Give cheerfully. Don't give because you're forced. Because God loves a cheerful give, God, giver. God loves people who freely give. Yeah. And, and in giving, you don't expect 
material blessing as a reward. No, you're right. It's about righteousness because giving is a good act and we're saved for good acts. And good acts are righteous acts. And so when we give as an act of grace because we have been given and we just want to give, we bear the fruit of righteousness. We become more like Christ. We become yeah. more like Him. We, we mirror that's, Him. We become that's like him. what we expect that's to have, I think. The gift of righteousness. Yeah. And if you follow that, if you follow the principle of grace and sacrificial giving, just giving what you can according to, you know, how much you want to give according to, to convict what God is trying to convict you to give to someone else or to some or to a group or you know, to the needy, bro, ten percent—that's just too small. <laughs> I have heard a lot of testimonies from people I know. Wala nang panggatas, wala nang pangkain kinabukasan, but because they were convicted to give to these young people who wants to go to a camp in order for them to be trained to become campus yeah. missionaries, they gave what they had. The next days, the Lord blessed them. What did Paul say in, 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 in 2 Corinthians? Give so that the Lord will bless you, and as the Lord bless you more, you will be able to give more. <laughs> because the goal... Actually, Paul talked about equality. That's why kanina, ang principle ng Panginoon, if you give to the, if you give your tithes and offering, God will open the windows of heaven, He'll pour out rain, and you will have enough that you will need no more. The principle here is, the goal of God is for us to have enough. We're not called to store up a lot of resources. Na sobra. God wants us only to have enough. Ang sobra, dapat binibigay. Kasi nga, principle of equality. We are blessed by God. For those who are you know, listening, you have been blessed by God so much so that you can give to those who are in need. Because the goal is, God wants everyone to enjoy the blessing here on earth, whatever we have on earth. Yeah. So if sobra, the principle in, 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 in Corinthians is to give to those who do not have. Yeah. That's, that's equality. That's equality. Yeah, bro, that's that's biblical equality for to give what you know you so bright at the same time. It's not it's not saying that you know you always have to give. You know, for example, you always have to be that person. You know, for example, yung yung kilala mo na, na has to support and and wala na silang pagatas and all that. There are times you know, probably that you know people are, are called to do that. You know, are really touched to do that. You know, but at the same time, if you right now you're being encouraged to per se for to give to the church, but you only have you know tuition fee, you're a student. No, you only have a tuition fee, and then you know you start giving your tuition fee to the to the church instead of you know giving that expecting that the Lord will provide you tuition fee anyways. You know, so that's that's also something that you have to think about. No, uh, that doesn't mean. Now you have to to again to give what you don't have you know that what your tuition fee you don't have that that's from your parents or from your work that you have to that you know this is the the part when god said god so that god can give you more so that you can give more to other people probably that's what god gave you your tuition so that one day you can give more to other people when you finish you know, so, yeah sometimes you know in in tithing sometimes you also have to understand that you're not just a giver you can sometimes receive and what you receive can be used so that you can give more to other people you know 
right so now for the students who are listening for those who are in the poor uh poorer um uh, group groups in philippines no because these people are usually who are uh, who are taken advantage of by the prosperity preachers by the oh. mlms the multi-level marketing um ministries or something some sort um you know things you sometimes you know there are seasons uh, or there are times in your life that you will have to receive and you have to um use the money that you have received from god so that you can give more to other people you know yeah and there there you have to accept that you are, there be, yeah there will be times that you are not a giver you know you are not going to be the same giver as other people but you give yeah. what you can you know That's you're it. not um you're you're a giver in an objective set but not you know in in subjective senses that you compare to other people but you give what you can so that someday the things that are given to you are provided to you you have been a good steward of those and you can now give more to other people so that's just an encouragement to those who are uh you know battling between or debating themselves between you know should i really give the first fruit you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people coming to me and ask me about that. You know, you know, I just my heart breaks for these people. You know, four years, five years of schooling, their dad has plowed the 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 um so basakan. I don't know what what you, what you call that the rice fields. You know, they have worked their ass off, and then they are told by their pastor, your first salary instead of giving to your parents. Instead of blessing and giving, being graceful to your parents or being graceful to those who have helped you, you give that all to the church. Like you receive 15,000 as a professional, give that all 15,000 to the church and it shall be twice in the conference. <laughs> it's just it, my heart breaks for the parents uh, of these uh, poor, poor families. But, you know, um, that's that's just you know my 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 two cents for those who are actually you know in that situation right now yeah so you know as closing this topic about tithing yes we're not ought to follow it anymore because we're not under the mosaic covenant but we're shown the example of the apostles of god the church about giving principle of giving when you love you give and you give as much as what you have decided in your heart, generously, cheerfully, not as uh, being forced or you know coerced to give, but you give, you give according to what you can. And you think about ministry. So oh, sorry if you don't give or that's an offering. How are we going to support? How is ministry going to be supported? How are you going to to receive your your salary? Now, as members of the church, of course, may sistema sinusunod. You don't have to give. You don't have to call it tithes. Probably, <laughs> just give. It, you know, for the ministry, for it to go, to move forward. Paul said, argued for that. He said, in Corinthians, it's not arguing for him to receive something, but he's talking about sacrificing his right. I mean, forgoing his right. As a worker, like a farmer, I, I, I deserve to, 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 to earn. As, you know, like a farmer who, who plants and then he is able to eat and earn and get something from what he planted. But I don't, I don't, uh, I don't take it, you know, I don't, I don't, I forgo, I forgo my, my, you know, my, my right to, to receive my salary, compensation. Because Paul has learned to be contented with what he has. 
I have mm-hmm. enough. Better mm-hmm. use that in the ministry. Better use that in your ministry. So, kung ngayon naman, kayo na members, you have something, you have more than what you what you can. Maybe you can support the ministry and give it. Huh. For the ministry, say, for the glory of God, give for the ministry. If you see your pastor and he needs maybe, you know, whatever, whatever context ng mga simbahan yeah. niya, ng mga ministries niyo, if you have yeah. more than what you need and you can yes. actually give, then give. You may call it pastor or whatever. I don't care, just give out of love, out of your love for the ministry. And Paul, you know, in Second Corinthians saying, out of your giving, you, of course, you bear fruit of righteousness, but it benefits the ministry. People can be saved by your giving. Imagine that if you give to the missions department, probably your missions work, maybe you support your missionary, they're able to move forward because of your giving. Think of what your giving can do. <laughs> so that's it. You know, um, give according to what you can. Your heart is decided. Um, the ministry, of course, it will be support. It will be continue to move with your giving, with your support. Just give. Call it tithes, tithes and offering, whatever. Just give. <laughs> Again, just, yeah. you can, it's about love. Yeah. Love, for God, love for people. Love for His work. May it yeah. be through the temple, the church, or give through the direct missionary that you are giving to. Right. Give it to the you know ministry that you are wanting to support, or give it to your neighbor. Give it to the kid from the street. So, you know, just give out of your love for yeah. God. So, maybe we can close this. Yes, bro. I uh, just want to say... It's been a long day. It's been a long day, long night. One of the longest nights ever, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> It's been enjoying, bro. You know, I it, it, was a, it was a roller coaster ride. You know, for those who are mm-hmm. listening up until now, we had problems when we were recording at the start of this, you know. But it has been smooth since then. You know, we we were even asking, are we questioning God? You know, are we really about to, to <laughs> record we, the video? This topic. <laughs> yeah. Did we but, you know, podcast, this episode? So we finished this and then we were we from the start we were just talking stuff. And then now we arrive on love and who really yeah. God is, the identity of Jesus Christ, you know, and the law is that is love and to give. Yeah be graceful to be generous to other people you know because yeah. it's not money of course it is not money that uh, actually um it is not money that actually uh gives life to the church but it is love you know <laughs> money may be instrumental um means or cause but the yeah. primary cause is of course the love of love. of jesus christ that is given to the body, the church, and the church given to those who are being in or in, in need. You know, so bro, thank you for for uh, sharing me your thoughts, sharing me, accompanying accompanying me and having me in this uh, podcast again. And I had a lot of things that I learned. You know, things that were reminded to me as a Christian. You know that that. Uh, also things that i can share now to other people uh, about about tithing and just malakai uh the, the the study of malakai and just you know that's an interesting thing we did not just talk about malakai and tithing we just talked about the life of a repentant person and the call to repentance and just you know being a holy person and in in general which means you love more Thank you, brother. Bro, Your thoughts, bro. Thank you 
thank you so much for joining yeah. me. Um, a lot of things happen in the middle. Thank you for being patient. <laughs> before uh, before we close, if there's something that we can get as a principle from Malakai, mm-hmm. Malakai is a strong reminder for us that our motivation for giving should come from, among other things, we may have other reasons, but it should be coming from a high regard for God's Amen. Honor. Yeah. Amen. So that's 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 another that's you know that G that God did not need money, but God, you know, deserves glory and praise. So we honor God through our services. Yeah, and it Is doesn't it? speak much about him. It speaks much about you. It yes. speaks much about us. So right. Thank you guys for Bro. listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys in. for listening. See you uh, the next time I'm here. Done. Continue what you're doing. Yes, you're blessing course. a lot of people. And for you guys who are uh, listening now, thank you. And, you know, chat me, chat Don, chat CTT page if you guys have questions and stuff like that. If you guys want to have copies of books and stuff like that, recommendations. Right. We are very open. Again, this is Zeriel, Christian Think Tank. Um, mm. I'm done hope and just like what we always say, keep, keep thinking. thinking. <laughs> Bye.